everyone, and welcome to The Periodic Table, episode 39. Sounds like a Benny Hill episode. (laughs) Recorded November 15th, 2012, and brought to you by Element Opie Productions. ElementOpie.com Greetings, everyone, from the 39th episode of The Periodic Table. That might be the future or the past. I'm, I'm not sure. You know, greetings from the future. It was definitely be. It's the present. If you're listening now, in the past. If you're not. <laughs> yes, that's the kind of wisdom we have. I'm excited because I get to get through through a whole intro without being interrupted. Because our interrupter in chief. Aaron Butler is I'll not with us tonight. With uh, see, there we go. Thank you for stepping in there, Jim. Um, and uh, Sean is MIA. So they're two. My two regular co-hosts of the show are not here. Aaron uh, is gearing up to travel back to Texas over the Thanksgiving weekend. He's leaving tomorrow, so he basically couldn't be bothered to be with us tonight. Um, and Sean, I don't know. He's uh, laying in the side of the road in a drunken stupor i I don't know he's not here so i get to make stuff up uh but who i do have with me this week are mr jim redneck beeson hiya jim hiya how y'all doing a a regular contributor and sometimes um attendee of the show okay put me in coach i'm ready to play (laughs) and um making her uh sophomore appearance on the show my wife, Mrs. Opie, Miss Barbie Cockrell. Hi, honey. Hi, honey. Hi, everybody. Oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> yeah, when I can't get anybody to be on the show, I drag her down here to the basement and <laughs> put a mic in front of her face and say, smile pretty. So we've got uh, an interesting spate of news for you this week. But before we get there, since this is number 39 of the periodic table, I have to tell you about element number 39 on the periodic table which is yttrium spelled y-t-t-r-i-u-m yttrium i don't know yttrium is what i'm going with it's a silvery metallic element um that ignites in air much like phosphorus uh it's found uh, often in uh, rare earth minerals uh moon rocks have it as well uh, and it's uh, used as the, quote, phosphor uh, to produce the red color in television screens. Not uh, LCD, but the, the old classic tube screens that used phosphors. So there you go. All you ever needed to know about yttrium. I don't have any uh, listener feedback this week. The listeners were silent. Either of you two have any um, noteworthy things to discuss before we get on with the the uh important news of the day well i saw paul mccartney last night and we stood in a line for like six blocks and got to the front and discovered that the line that we were standing in was lined to have your bags checked and we didn't have a bag so Uh i told him i said you know if y'all had had a sign like six blocks away i would have gotten the right line See, Paul McCartney, let me do a little math here. He's 734 years old now, right? You know, surprisingly, his voice is still really good for for being as old as dirt. Isn't he married to a one-legged supermodel? Isn't that right? 
uh, he's probably married to a supermodel. That's what he seems to like, but I don't know. He, about if that. he's not still, he used to be. She was from some eastern block country and stepped on a landmine. And you know, nobody knows what I'm talking about. I'm getting blank stares. <laughs> I swear I didn't make this up. Paul McCartney's wife. Oh, not anymore. So her leg grew back. Oh, no, I'm guessing that means that she, they got divorced. Okay, that's what Nightstar meant when he said not anymore. Maybe that was Heather Mills, because that's who he's married to from 2002 to 2008. And then he married Nancy Chevelle in 2011. Oh, there you go. I guess when you're Paul McCartney, you can marry as many supermodels as you want, regardless <laughs> of how many legs they have. One, two, seven, doesn't matter. Seven. Why not? Variety. Excellent distance runners. <laughs> so bad. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so for our first story of the week, um, I'm going to come right down uh, to my own home state of Texas. But it's not really just Texas. It's it's stupidity that is abounding all over the lower uh, portions of the United States and you know, a, a quick Facebook search uh, will find um, uh, any number of posts about secession from the Union. Obama got elected, so let's secede from the Union. <laughs> you guys heard any of this drivel? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, la I laugh every time that I hear that. Because people conveniently uh, forget that Texas actually did secede from the Union after becoming a state in 1861. But then as being part of the Confederate States of America, where a few years later uh, had to surrender as a nation. And I'm not a lawyer, but I would think that that act right there sort of nullified the Treaty of 1845. Well, um, not only that, but uh, after the Civil War... What, what many people don't realize, it is, it is a, uh, an act of war for any um, one entity to attempt to secede from the United States. Uh, and while the, uh, Texas does have a great many military forces, they are in fact sworn to uphold the Constitution, and therefore conquering the state would take about seven seconds because two-thirds of the military live here, and they would just say, okay, guys, you're all under arrest. And that would be the end of that. Well, and it seems like also that some of the people that were doing that uh, petition on Facebook were from Tennessee and Kentucky and Michigan and other places. So, But there's one other very important reason that we shouldn't secede from the Union, not just because it's an act of war, but because it's freaking, freaking stupid, stupid, people. Come on. The guy you don't like got elected president? So you're going to secede from the union? There's a the the White House. In fact, the president that people these people don't like, Obama, set up uh, an electronic put, uh, petition section of the White House. You can actually go and create petitions uh, on the White House website. I doubt anybody cares. I, I'm not aware of any of them actually serving any purpose, but it makes people feel better. And the current petition on uh, WhiteHouse.gov. Uh, has 110,351 electronic signature uh, signatures to it. 
So 110,000 rednecks, sorry, Jim, think that Texas should secede from the union. Well, not all rednecks have, or in fact, most rednecks are not really all that bright. (laughs) You start to say not all rednecks are stupid. Yeah, it's just a numbers game, though, really. It's a numbers game, yeah. Well, I mean, you've been fond of saying before you can make numbers mean anything. That's right. But there there was actually a news report uh, on locally here about that and the uh, gentleman that was reporting he pointed out some of the problems with that and and from the united states perspective can you imagine all the flags that you would have to remove a star from and now you, <laughs> in order to have but then somebody came up with a solution for that let's just let texas secede and we'll make puerto rico a state and then you won't have to fix the flags um and then he pointed out that um you know Texans love to go skiing, but if you get on an airplane and it's the, uh, you know, Republic of Texas, uh, well, then you're paying international airfare. So, you know, your, your airline tickets are going to more than triple. So, I mean, there's, there's really some, some serious, serious issues that they need to, uh, work through before we can make this happen. Yeah. Plus the, uh, the, uh, international costs of pizza delivery would just be unreal. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I forgot who I was talking to. You know all about that, don't you? <laughs> so I, uh, you know, I've seen this before. Um, now it's just easier for idiots to make themselves known, thanks to the internet. Um, the uh, the internet has proven to be um, uh, the idiots' playground. Uh, so they can get on there, and 110,000 people can say, Yo, secede from the Union! Hand me another beer! Um, and and, and nobody, under, nobody thought about that for more than about oh, a millisecond, as long as it took to hit the, hit the button, you know? Um, anyway, I just, I, I got to pick on my home state, because as much as I love Texas, there's at least 110,000 idiots in there. Yeah, they all came out to play that one day. <laughs> and then, you know, the guys in Texas who are all about making the border strong, then what would they what would they do? Because then we'd have to secure our border with Oklahoma and our border with New Mexico and our border with Arkansas. Louisiana. It would be it would be a rough uh, bit of uh, border patrol going on there. I don't know that Arkansas border might be the worst. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. So, here's just to show you that stupidity um, isn't only bound to the United States. Let's go over the pond to uh, the UK, where probably the dumbest idea I've ever heard of in Kent Parish um, was brought up at a city council meeting. Apparently, um, there is a problem with uh, uh, Kent. Kentians, I don't know what you call people from Kent, Kentisites, Kentites, um, not cleaning up after their animals. So their solution is to DNA test the poop that they find on the streets and in the dumpsters. So we find some poop, we run a DNA test on it, we track it back to the owner, then we give you a fine. Okay, this is dumb for so many reasons. But let's just start with the fact that DNA testing is way more expensive than cleaning up poop. 
I mean, there, there, I could go on and on and on about the reasons this is stupid, but that's the one that stuck out in my head. DNA testing ain't cheap. So what they would have to do, what they're talking about, proposing, is having uh, all dog owners, quote, voluntarily uh, provide DNA sam- samples of all their animals, um, which they would keep in a database. And then when they found some um, uh, unidentified scat, they would take it back to the lab, and the CSI guys would analyze it and come up with the, the the match and then they would go get a court order to bring the animal in question into custody for for uh debriefing <laughs> <laughs> and then they would find the owners i don't know like 75 bucks so for the mere cost of $183,000 to build a DNA lab, they could make sure they get their $75 fines. So did you say somebody was going to go retrieve a dog poop from a dumpster? Uh, that's that's one of the lines in there. So I, I, I'm thinking if it's in the dumpster, we're okay with that, right? If it's but, in the dumpster, they cleaned up after their yeah. animal. Uh, apparently that's not allowed. What was that fly tipping that we learned about a couple of weeks ago? <laughs> Uh, putting your trash in someone else's uh, <laughs> the 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 minutes of the meeting said quote if this still remains a problem and it it is possible to take dna from the poo this is actually in the meetings take dna from the poo and trace it back to the dog and its owner so is it the owner's dna so that's the way you solve that the owner takes the dump instead of the dog that won't be in the database problem solved well, what what about those of us that go get our dogs from the pound? What what if a previous owner has that uh, dog in the DNA database? That's awesome. That's like having somebody else's license plate, isn't it? You can do whatever you want. <laughs> oh yes, thank you, Nightstar in the chat room. That would be offense number two. Ah, uh, yes, that would that's that's what it would be in the uh, in the 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 penal code, not the penis code. That's different. Uh, Anna West, a 36-year-old woman of Sunridge who walks her dog in the area, said, It just seems bizarre to me. Crazy. It's Big Brother gone mad, really. No, it's Big Brother meets Animal Farm is what that is. (laughs) So there we go. Stupidity from both sides of the Atlantic right now. But, you know, if you're mad at your neighbor, you could go, you know. (laughs) What, you go squeeze their dog? Yeah. Excuse me, can I borrow your schnauzer for just a few minutes? It won't take long. Oh, okay. So um, <laughs> while we're in the subject of crime and punishment, um, here's an odd bit of jurisprudence handed down um, from Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, a woman by the name of Sheena Harden... <laughs> uh, this she's just dumb in in any number of ways didn't want to wait for a school bus dropping off kids the school bus was was blocking her way so she wanted to go around them now that's illegal and just stupid but her solution to going around the school bus was to drive on the sidewalk so she stopped behind the bus then pulled off onto the sidewalk drove around the bus in Cleveland. So a judge there um, 
looking for his name. I'm blanking on it. It's in there somewhere. There we go. Judge Pinky Carr. Yeah, that's right. That's his name. Pinky Carr ordered her to spend two days holding a sign out on the street that says, quote, only an idiot would drive on the sidewalk to avoid a school bus. After the first day, he was unsatisfied with the level of contrition she demonstrated while holding her idiot sign and said that the next day he would be out there personally to supervise it. All right, that's it. Apparently, nobody has anything to say on that. But uh. I'm I'm just <laughs> thinking about um, how you know the. Then he have better things to do with his time. Well, you know that's a. We we did a story a while back about parents who had their son who was failing school, stand out on the street. That that's that I actually applauded. I thought that was a, a good parenting and and you know creative and intelligent. Uh, but for a judge to make this, you know, this this a judgment, I think is is ridiculous. Now, it, it what she should have gotten was put under the jail, because what she did was not only stupid but incredibly dangerous. Um, and I don't think standing out on a, an intersection with a sign is the appropriate punishment. And yeah, like you said, doesn't the judge have anything better to do? I would think that he would have minions under him that could go report for him where he wouldn't have to do it himself. I, one would think, but maybe judges in Cleveland aren't allowed minions. Maybe you have to move up a level to get minions. Maybe you have to move up a level to get minions. Okay. <laughs> Show title. Show title. <laughs> so what is what is the world coming to? That's all I want to know. There's there's stupid laws being passed left and right, legislation from the bench, all sorts of you know people wanting to secede from the union because the guy they don't like. Guess what, people? Fifty one percent, roughly, of the country likes him. Deal with that. You lost. Moving on. By the way, I didn't vote for him, so I'm one of those people. I lost. Moving on. Um. Hey, the 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 uh, next election is starting now. <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> oh man. Uh, the uh, the next one doesn't have anything to do with anything, but it's uh, you know, sometimes people lose their way. <laughs> and in the UK, back in the UK, in Newcastle, there were runners runners in a ten k race. Uh, the had just gotten started, and they were on the course. When a fellow, but, but the, the worst case of wrong place, wrong time, a guy riding a bicycle who just happened to decide to get up that morning and put on a neon yellow shirt was mistaken for a guide, uh, a course guide. And about two thirds of the runners started following him as he was on his ride through the park. <laughs> Can you imagine what it must have been going through his mind? Hum da dum da dum. Why are they chasing me? Why are they chasing me? And then he turns and they all follow him. They won't stop chasing me. How do I get off of this course? I don't want to be on this course where they're running. And they just kept going and kept going. Um it says eventually it doesn't say how long, but eventually the mistake was caught and they restarted the race. But what happened, uh, there were about 530 people running the race 
and uh, a bunch of them went the wrong way and took a shortcut, essentially, and they came out ahead of the other group who were ahead of them and had gone the right way. So this, there's this group of this, uh, you know, in bicycling, they call it the Peloton. I don't know what they call it when you're running a 10K. The, the group of people, the mob, um, looked up and said, hey, I passed all of those people up there. And so somebody started asking some questions, and they stopped and restarted the race and adjusted the, ch- uh, the time. But the, the un- <laughs> it doesn't say whether the motorcyclist even had any idea what was going on. I, I can imagine he just kind of went, whew, they finally stopped chasing me and, and went on his way. So how do you adjust the race? Uh, that's a good question. They, um, I guess they just restarted. It doesn't say. It says the race was restarted um, and went on the way. Yeah, if I'd been one of the runners that ran the correct route, I think I'd be really annoyed about this, about that yeah. point. Because i got to think we're going to be running more. Right, yeah. Days. If your 10K just became a 12K... Yeah, I would I would be a little upset about that. And Nightstar in the chat room says it sounds like a Benny Hill episode. <laughs> I agree with that. <laughs> oh, it says the the runners took it uh took it all in, in stride with lots of laughing and joking about it. So, you know, ten Ks are generally pretty low profile. They're it's not a marathon. There's not people out there running them professionally, but uh you know, <laughs> so maybe the moral of that story is uh when you're riding your bike don't wear a bright a neon yellow shirt. Hey, no, no, I'm gonna put my propeller head on. That was that was a conspiracy to get more <laughs> publicity for the race. It could have been. It was highly effective. Here we are, six thousand miles away, talking about it. Yeah, we got fives of people listening to us. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, Jim, you work for a pizza company. Do you, have you ever delivered pizza? Uh, yes, I have. Do you ever deliver a pizza by way of crashing through somebody's uh, wall in their house? No. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> William Kais, 41-year-old from Indianapolis, thought that was actually a pretty good thing to do. Um, he had been waiting uh, at a friend's house for the pizza to arrive. doesn't say which company the pizza came from. Um, and while he was waiting with his friend, they were both drinking heavily. Because, you know, that's what you do in Indiana. Um, and it was, uh, uh, around 10 PM Thursday night. Uh, and so he'd tossed a few back, was getting more than a little drunk. Um, got in his car once the pizza arrived, headed home and, uh, careened into a, a house, knocking down the wall of the garage. When the homeowners came rushing out, he stumbled out of the car, opened the box and said, want some pizza? Seems the homeowner wasn't hang, uh, hungry. Uh, I love this. Uh, there's quotes in there from the police um, uh, reports. And it says uh, that uh, pizza and hot sauce were found in the back of the car. That's the evidence. The fact that the car was actually sitting in the house wasn't necessarily the smoking gun. The fact that there was pizza and hot sauce in the back of the car uh, pretty much told him that this had to be the guy. Well, don't you park your car in your living room? Um, you know, at least once a week, uh, guys told the police he drank five beers while waiting for the pizza, uh, at a friend's house. He then left the house and was eating a slice of pizza, you know, cause he was drunk and hungry. Um, when his foot quote, somehow became stuck on the gas pedal and he could not break to stop the vehicle. 
So we used the house. <laughs> the house broke you, stopped you nicely. When I was uh, 16, 17, maybe, I had this old piece of crap station wagon. Uh, yeah, yeah, I was working <laughs> in the ladies with the station wagon, yeah. Um, and one day my brakes went out on me, and uh, I just made the block until I slowed down, you know, turned it off and, and made the block. But I guess when you're drunk, you don't think that far in ahead. Uh, but I think it was really more about the, he was eating the pizza than it was that he, he couldn't stop. I think he never even knew until he crashed because he was busy looking at his pizza and trying to put hot sauce on it. The mistake he made is he didn't get his pizza early enough. If he'd gotten his pizza early enough, he wouldn't have drank as much beer and would have been able to take care of the munchies sooner. Or maybe it was just that the uh, pizza delivery took too long. He didn't call the speedy delivery service. Apparently not. So I wonder what the police would call that. Is that breaking an offering? Is that what they would uh, arrest him for? No, we're not going to church here. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe it's uh, exuberant delivery. Uh, I don't know. Okay, so moving right along, here's another crime and punishment story. And this one is not funny so much as I thought it was thought-provoking. In Turlock, these all get, uh, California, just outside of Sacramento. These stories all run together in my head and I can never remember who they are. A Cold Stone Creamery employee, yum, um, was fired because of a Facebook post she made. I'm not going to go any farther than that. I'm just going to ask your opinion. Jim, should somebody be fired from their ice cream scooping job for something they said on Facebook? I don't think they should be fired for something they said on Facebook, but you said this happened in California? Yes. That, uh, well, in Texas, Texas is a right to work and by definition, right to fire state. So, you know, that can happen all the time. I'm surprised that that's happening in California without some serious retribution. Well, once you find out what she said, you'll understand why the liberals in Florida or in California want her head. Uh, uh, Mrs. Opie, what do you think? Should somebody be fired? Now, this isn't a a high security job. This isn't a spokesperson for the Cold Stone Creamy Corporation. This is somebody who scoops ice cream for a living, making, you know, minimum wage or somewhere near it. Do you think that person should lose her job for anything she posted on Facebook. Well, it would kind of depend on what sort of remarks she made on Facebook, I would think. So what kind of remark would would be enough for you to lose your job? Maybe I just took a crap in the ice cream at Coldstone. I mean that's, that would do it. Yeah. But that's what that's what comes to me. Something that would hurt your business. Right. If you if your activities became a liability to the business, otherwise, what you do on Facebook is not your employer's business. Right. Or am I misreading the tea leaves here? Well, and actually, in in our company, uh, our uh, a couple of the vice president of operations actually scours Facebook and he friends employees routinely and he'll look at what they might say on Facebook. And he doesn't really care what they do in their own personal time, but he's looking for things you know, their trash and their supervisors, their colleagues, they're saying stuff is not true. They're just talking about stupid stuff they might do. And uh, and then you take it a step further. There's been 
instances of YouTube videos being put out from uh, employees of several uh, fast food companies where they do stupid stuff. They film it and they put it on on YouTube, and it becomes a uh, public relations nightmare. So it's something yeah. that we ha- have to look at these days. I just I wonder about the the legality of that, the efficacy of that. Can do you have a right to do that? Like you said, different states have different laws. Um, but uh, I just lost it. I'm, I'm trying to to vamp. I, I found I, it. The exact quote. I, yeah, I don't know if if in California yet fast food workers are actually unionized, and if you know, and I know there was a move afoot a few years back. Uh, out there to actually unionize pizza drivers, which I thought was insane, but that's what they tried. And of course, you start going down that rabbit hole, that opens up a you know, whole, whole bag of carrots down that rabbit hole. Like how I got out of that one? <laughs> I was going to say can of worms, but I knew it wouldn't fit rabbit holes. So. Oh, Night Star in the chat room uh, asked an interesting question. Was the post made while she was at work? So then maybe it could be a violation of, uh, of you know, a policy. Then you have a reason, right, to to fire somebody. Okay, Mark, I, I, can't, I can't stand it anymore. What did you say? What did you say? Well, I was looking for the exact quote. That must have been in a different article than the one I have in front of me, uh, and I don't want to paraphrase it. I want to, I want to say the exact same thing. Um, but I know this is fascinating radio while I browse through the number of different articles I had. Um, here we go. Uh, Turlock is the woman's name, Mrs. Turlock. I, I'm not going to say her full name. I, I didn't even mean to say that. It was Helms. Helms. I'm sorry. Turlock. The, the Turlock city. is the city, right? Mrs. Helms. That's right. Um, said... I can't believe this N-word got reelected again. Oh, well, maybe somebody will assassinate him. Not a wise thing to say. That's the kind of thing that will get the Secret Service knocking on your door. But I don't mm-hmm. know if it's a fireable thing. I still think that there is a freedom of speech in this country and that you should be able to say what's on your mind, no matter how moronic and insulting it is. I have to agree with that. Okay. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I don't know of any place in the Constitution that says you can't be stupid. Yeah, there you go. Uh, there would be any number of felons, many of them in the Congress, if that were the case. Uh, yeah, well. <laughs> we we would be increasing our prison system tenfold. Yeah. <laughs> um. So anyway, the if you. You know, I, I just think it was dumb, uh, but I don't think she should have been fired. I'm, I'm, I'm really, maybe I'm just being that uh, you know ultra conservative constitutionalist again, but the, I just don't see that as a fireable offense. Now, if she worked for the Obama campaign, then yeah, you can get fired for that, you know. But I just don't see how it's responded. But basically, Coldstone said that uh, they were taking some heat. So I, people knew that she was an employee. I, I, you know, maybe she posts about that on a regular. I don't know the full story there, but it said that they had been responding to angry tweets and Facebook posts, and decided it was best to just fire her. You, you know, I don't even want to go down that 
that inward uh, path. But from from Coldstone's perspective, it might be cheaper to pay the uh, uh, pay whatever they the have wrongful termination. Yeah. yeah, then it would be loss of business and, and all that stuff. That's a good point. That's why a lot of lawsuits are settled out of court. You know, the companies know that they can fight it and win, but it's cheaper to settle. All right, so I'm going to move on to this one I'm calling There Were No Witnesses. Uh, again, back in the UK, we have a, a very European show tonight. Um, Do we have no Florida stories today? Uh, there's, I think, one upcoming. Patience. Oh, Patience. Okay. I, I know I looked at a couple. Some of them just weren't. There wasn't much you could do about it. One of them was a, with a guy who was caught. He pulled over by a cop because he had a shirt on upside down. Uh, okay. Well, we can wait. We yeah, I don't think it's in the. I don't think it's in the notes though. So that's why I'm just going to show uh, say that he had a shirt on upside down and he smelled like poop. And I thought, yeah. That that doesn't really that doesn't really rise to the level of a Florida story anymore, you know. He yeah. wasn't eating anybody's face off or anything, so it just you know, in Minnesota we might we might cover that story, but yeah. So anyway, in the UK, <laughs> a police officer by the name of Neil Spring um, of the Avon and Somerset Police um, went out in broad daylight in the city. Uh, um, of Avon and Somerset, I suppose, um, stealing people's bicycles, had a, a set of like four foot bolt cutters with him and walked up to a bike rack, cut the chain and rode off with the bike. And he did this several times. One time he even put on one of those skeleton, the black and white skeleton costumes so that he would be as conspicuous as possible and stole bikes. With a camp with 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 people watching him, nobody at any point called the police. Nobody at any point stopped him. Nobody said, "Hey, is that your bike?" And um, his point uh, point was that he he filmed it. He put it on YouTube. Um, and he, he was like, you know, just pay attention, people. He wasn't uh, the what he goes and say. Uh, uh, here's the I'm I'm yeah. We're not suggesting that anyone become a have a go hero. But we're asking people to call 999, their version of 911, and report bike theft as soon as they see it happening. So we can catch the bike thieves in the act. So basically, don't don't tackle the guy. Don't try to get involved. Just call the cops. If you see somebody walking down the street in a skeleton suit with a pair of bolt cutters, maybe it's not a bad idea to call the cops. Unless you're in New Orleans, in which case that happens every day. In that case, cops already know it's happening, so they don't need the calls. <laughs> so I think that uh, it says a lot for our country. It's it's uh, I've said this before, but uh, burglar alarms, right? Burglar alarms on cars now and in homes to a lesser degree are nothing more than neighbor annoyers. Because not at any point I've been in many parking garages or in mall parking lots or whatever, and I've heard hundreds of car alarms go off. Not at any point did I turn around and scream, oh my gosh, somebody's stealing a car. Not once. I kind of rolled my eyes and went, another one? So, you know, we've become so desensitized. Well, they are fun, though, if somebody's standing right next to it and you've got your remote and you can turn (laughs) it on to shock somebody. And I wonder if that's still a big business. 
you know, I, I know it had been in the the late eighties, early nineties. It was a big business. Car uh, car alarms and usually stereos were in the in the same business, uh, same place. But uh, I think so many of the manufacturers are putting them in their cars as standard equipment these days. It probably isn't that yeah. big of a business. I just, you you remember RoboCop? Did you see that movie, Jim? Uh, a little bit of it. Barbie, did you see it? No. Yeah, there was uh, one of the f- best things about that movie were the commercials. You know, this was supposed to be Detroit in 1999, I think, or something like that. And one of the theft deterrent system, one of the commercials was for a theft deterrent system that was like uh, 50,000 volts. Somebody tries to take your car, we'll fry them. And I thought that's a that's a pretty good theft deterrent system. Maybe we should do that. I, I like the one on the Capital One commercials where they have that uh, swinging the axe. axe. Yeah. It would cut the recidivism rate way down. <laughs> the number of repeat offenders would just was would just fall off the map. Yeah, and hot tar is a good one, and the al- the guard alligators <laughs> good too. Yeah, but if you live in Florida, guard alligators are just appetizers. That wouldn't do you any good. Um, we've got another story. This comes from Canton, Ohio. So uh, the other one was in uh, Cleveland, Ohio. So we we uh, I'm sorry, excuse me, Canton, Connecticut. Um. No. Is it Ohio? I'm, it's, I told you, they all run together. Canton, Ohio, yes. Just outside of Cleveland, I think, um, where the uh, the football hall of fame is, right? Canton, Ohio, yes. Yeah, that's right. So anyway, um, during a um, marathon, the Canton Marathon, uh, there was a cop out directing traffic, and uh, a woman... Um, by the name of Mrs. Rogers, Valerie A. Rogers, 46-year-old woman, was driving down the street when a police officer put up his hand in the you know in a universal stop sign and uh, told her that she couldn't go where she was going. The road was closed to a marathon. Her solution was to run him down, knock him over, and go on anyway. So naturally, that was a bad thing. She was uh, arrested and saw a judge. The judge's solution, again, we're all about creative solutions in the Ohio area, apparently. The judge's solution was that she has to make Thanksgiving dinner for injured and unable to work police officers this Thanksgiving. She was uh, ordered to make a Thanksgiving dinner for at least three police officer families. Let's hope she's a good cook. <laughs> That's a good question. I wonder if the judge asked that. Well, at least she didn't use the sidewalk. <laughs> <laughs> so this is one of those punishment that fits the crime things. You know, uh, how, do, how do you get that? How do you put those two things together? You mistreated a cop, so I'm going to make you be nice to a cop. Maybe that's what he was thinking. I just, I'm not really well, is following one, it. Is one of the police officers that she's preparing a meal for the guy that she ran over? Yes. Okay. I'm not sure I'd want her. Per- per- <laughs> she tried to kill me once. I'm not going to eat anything she cooks for me. Um, she she's uh, she's on a year suspended sentence, essentially a year probation. Uh, and the then the uh, the judge said yeah. that uh, if she does not prepare these Thanksgiving meals and serve these officers, she will do her year in prison. So she has a fairly significant incentive to do so. The prisons must be crowded up in Ohio. Yeah, maybe that's it. Uh, Roger's attorney said that she was conf- confused by the traffic situation and panicked. 
Is she an older woman? 46. You know, that's not elderly by any means. No. So, you know, um, 40, confused may be a valid um, reason, but a reason is not always an excuse. An excuse is not always a reason. So, you know, this is this may be one of those times when that she really was confused, but that's still not an excuse to run a cop over and then drive away. Maybe you bump the cop, you get out, you make sure he's okay, right? No. She ran him over and then drove away and was arrested for assault and failure to to render aid and fleeing the scene. You know, a number of of things there, enough to get her a year in jail. But instead of spending a year in jail, She's got to cook Thanksgiving dinner. You know, the redneck in me thinks that if, if, you know, she were run over by the cop a time or two, that would get her attention and maybe get everybody else's attention. A time or two. A time or two. How many times does it take, Jim? Is she blonde? Oh. <laughs> the woman said that. I noticed this. Oh. Uh, Weird. It's we, this is a sort of a crime and punishment. I'm looking through the thing here. There's lots of of uh, that's a theme definitely of this show tonight. Crime and punishment. Uh, this next one I'm calling um, civic beautification. Maybe, maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. Um, in San Francisco, the land of fruits and nuts, uh, two dozen quote pro nudity activists wearing little but their righteous indignation assembled on the steps of the San Francisco City Hall on Wednesday to pr- protest a proposed municipal ban on public na- nakedness. There are so many things wrong with that headline, but the one I'm going to look at first is proposed ban. You mean it's not illegal currently for people to walk around City Hall naked? Public indecent exposure. I, I mean, I know this is California, <laughs> but come on. Is it currently okay on the books for you to walk around waving your thing at people? Is that okay? Excuse me while I go throw up. <laughs> and why is it nudists are always ugly people? There's never a five foot ten inch blonde with, you know, 34, 26, 34 who's the nudist. No, it's the 63 year old grandma and guys who look like me. They're the ones who want to let it all hang out. Literally. <laughs> I can't even, you can't even follow that, can you? Okay, now, 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 is that against federal law to be nude, like that? Because remember, in Colorado and Oregon, it is now legal to uh, use marijuana uh, recreationally, but it's still against federal law. Yeah. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of interesting constitutional tests being proposed right now what right does the federal government have to supersede the state government um and actually again being a constitutionalist i would say they don't it's not in the constitution uh with 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 a couple of very specific exceptions but anyway um the quote here is we are here today in response to an attack on our fundamental freedom our freedom to be ourselves in our own city Somebody play some violin music. Uh, a disrobed rally organizer, Gypsy Taub, declared as her fellow activists displayed signs, among other things, saying nudity is natural and nude is not lewd. <laughs> Local politicians were on scene to witness the event. I don't blame them. 
Did they have their cameras? Yeah, it was probably one of the most documented demonstrations in the history of San Francisco. If that doesn't break cameras, nothing will. <laughs> ah, the city is getting to, into trying to legislate and criminally enforce a dress code. No, we're just saying put something on. We're not saying what you have to put on. Just cover it up. Maybe here's what I would I would say. If uh, objectively speaking, you don't have a body that rates a seven or higher on a scale of ten, you're required to cover it up. Otherwise, you're allowed to be naked. That's a reasonable law. I could I could do that law. It makes me pine for the time where guys show their boxers. <laughs> pants on the ground. Pants on the ground. <laughs> Oh, so the San Francisco contingent of our audience is probably not so happy with me right now, but, uh, oh. well, is, isn't that what we do here? We, uh, um, uh, we, we piss off, uh, different segments until we have no listeners. Yes. As often as possible. So, uh, okay. here, here's one of my favorite things on the way back to city hall, elementary school children playing on a schoolyard gawked and pointed at the naked demonstrators. And and there if you're a nudist, is that what you want? You want people to gawk and point at you? Maybe they're no, all exhibitions no, that, as well. That's great, Mark. That's great. No, we need to send those nudists to the elementary schools more often because if the school children are gawking at the nudists, then that means they can't be bullies to each other. That's brilliant. Or it will be the best anti pregnancy demonstration ever. Because you say this is what a woman looks like after she has four kids, and and <laughs> or this is what your kids look like when they grow up. <laughs> oh, anyway, moving right along. How about uh, you ever heard the expression "honor among thieves"? I think it usually goes there is no honor among thieves, but apparently in Kansas there is uh, a Kansas robber. Mugged a guy, took his cell phone and his wallet, then recognized the fellow as an inmate he had done prison time with, apologized, gave him his stuff back. Here's my... that. That's no honor. That's self-preservation for when they wind <laughs> yeah, up back in the back. clink. But here's my favorite part. The ex-con slash victim went to the cops, but couldn't identify the <laughs> man. <laughs> so i mean why bother going to the cops if you're not going to snitch right it's like of course he could identify the guy, but he said no don't bother to bring him in i probably couldn't pick him out of a lineup you did time with him you know what the guy looks like he knew what you looked like but you couldn't pick him out of a lineup why would you even go to the cops good drugs man good drugs ah <laughs> uh. So I mean, it just it—that's the non sequitur there. If you if you if the guy gives you your stuff back, you say thanks. You move. I said he shook his hand, and then they went on. But why would you go to the cops and then refuse to turn on the guy? That—that's the part of it that that confuses me. But I guess I should stop trying to think logically about criminals. 
once again, he's thinking about if they both wind back up in the clean. But why would he even go to the cops? Why didn't he just go home? Well, remember, they're ex-con. Did, did they the guy begin with. cause damage when he broke in? No, he was mugged on the streets. There wasn't a break-in. Oh. He was just he was walking down the street. So maybe he's compelled by his own parole to report anything out of the ordinary? Reuters just doesn't give me enough information. I need to know, Kevin Murphy, the, the writer of this article, I need to know the motivations behind these men. You're just not giving it to me. Well, Kevin Murphy will never be on this show then if he can't uh, provide that's right. more he is. He is. He's on the on the band list. That's it. You ever heard the expression of a tree falls in the forest and no one is around to hear it? Does it make a sound? My my version of that is if a man speaks in the forest and there's no one or no woman around to hear it, is he still wrong? When I say that to women, they all without without hesitation say yes. Aren't you married, Mark? I am for at least the and next half hour. <laughs> Um, almost 18 years to answer the question you were about to ask. Okay. Okay. So you should already know the answer to that question by now without even having yes. to ask. Yes, but it's funnier. So in Italy, a couple and not, not spring chickens, a 60 year old man and a 40 year old woman were, uh, convicted, uh, of obscene acts in public for having sex outside in the, the town square, I believe it was. This, this went all the way up to Italy's Supreme Court. What made it so interesting, what got all the way up to the Italy's Supreme Court, is the definition of public. Because you see, when they chose to have their public sex act was during a huge soccer game, the World Cup, in which Italy and Germany were playing in the quarterfinals. Their contention was, Everybody was at the game. That's why we chose to do it then. There were no witnesses. Nobody saw it. How could it be public indecency if the public was all at the football stadium? And it made all the way, made it all the way up to the Supreme Court, uh, the Rome's Court of Cassation, uh, where, where they lost. Well, did somebody witness it? I, you know, that's a good point. Somebody must have. But is that public? Right. How, how many people does it take to make public? It was an uh, interesting enough article that it kept getting pushed up. It was a public place. The, yeah, if it's defined as a public place, then I don't think the definition <laughs> of a public place is, okay, there's got to be 10 people or 100 or whatever. It's just yeah. a public place. Wasn't that an episode? Go, what was that? Help me. 90s trivia Dharma and Greg were going to have sex in a public place during the final episode of Seinfeld. That was their plan because everybody would be watching the final episode of Seinfeld. You remember that? No? Just me? No. Just you. All right. It happened. Google it. It's real. Oh, by okay. the way, um, Italy won three to nothing. <laughs> Reuters thought we <laughs> needed to know that. <laughs> But they made their mistake because, I mean, even though all the public was at the games, cops still work. Uh, fired people still are at the fire station. There's still a few people out. Yeah, but they were all, all watching takes... the game. Okay. Yeah. Okay. 
And again, why is it always a 60-year-old man and a 40-year-old woman? How come it's not two hot college co-eds? It's only ugly people, old people who want to do this. Yeah, if they'd been two hot college co-eds, uh, the Supreme Court would have ruled in their favor. <laughs> Can we watch the evidence again? We need to see that tape again. Okay. Now, <laughs> in some other political news, uh, an Arizona woman, um, Jim, you know, off the top of your head, did Arizona go red or blue this year? I'm pretty sure they went solid red, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. I think so. Uh, that's what I'm going to say anyway, and until somebody corrects me on it. Uh, They're pretty conservative, except for Gabby Gifford. <laughs> um, a woman... Um, named Holly Solomon, 28 years old, uh, who lives outside of Phoenix, um, uh, in s- the suburbs of Phoenix, found out that her husband failed to vote in the election. Specifically, he failed to vote for Barack Obama. But the, the, the impetus was that he didn't vote at all. Now, I understand, you know, it's a civic duty. I consider voting uh, to literally be not uh, a, a privilege but a duty your constitutional mandate by being born in the u.s you must vote and apparently holly solomon felt you know strongly as well because when she found out saturday that her husband had failed to vote on tuesday she ran him down with a car (laughs) at least she didn't use the sidewalk (laughs) well i don't know maybe unless you're thinking she ran him down with a sidewalk and that's different (laughs) She ran him down on the sidewalk. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. So they, she did use a sidewalk. Okay. Daniel Solomon told the police that his wife became angry over his, quote, lack of voter participation in the election um, and believed that her family would face hardship as a result of Obama winning another term. Oh, okay. So she was upset that he voted against, uh, that he didn't vote against uh, Barack Obama. Again, this is a woman who doesn't understand the uh, electoral process. Um, the electoral college is is lost on her. Uh, so she felt angry about that, and witnesses reported that the argument broke out in a parking lot and escalated. Mrs. Solomon then cra- chased her husband around the parking lot with the car, yelling at him as he tried to hide behind a light pole. He was struck after attempting to flee to a nearby street. By the way, elect, uh, Arizona's 11 electoral votes were won by Romney. So she had no reason to be so upset. They they had literally done the best they could do. Maybe he was supposed to go to California and make a difference there. <laughs> uh, vote early and vote often. So, that you know, I, I understand the, uh, the benefits of getting out the vote. But perhaps mowing down non-voters is not the best way to do that. Although, I don't know. It sets a pretty good example for other people. (laughs) You don't vote. I'm coming after you. It's going to be hard for her to get to Hawaii to take care of those non-voters. I wonder if somebody's going to make her cook a turkey for that. Is her husband a cop? What was that? Was her her husband a cop? (laughs) (laughs) Good one. 
Ah, uh, you know, we often talk about these stupid people on the show and refer to them as uh, Darwin Award runner, winners. Darwin gets around. Charles Darwin, who's been dead for about 100 years, by the way, um, actually received over 4,000 votes here in my new home state of Georgia this past week. Georgia congressman um, by the name of Paul Brown uh, had made some stump speeches specifically in sept- on September 27th in a speech. Um, he, he's a member of the U S uh, house of representatives, science, space, and technology committee. That's a little sad. He called evolution and the big bang theory quote lies straight from the pit of hell. Naturally, this man should be on the science space and technology committee. Um, <laughs> since Brown was running unopposed, um, Jim Liebens Mack, um, a professor at the University of Georgia, decided to launch a campaign, a write-in campaign, that people should vote against Brown and for Darwin, since he was anti-Darwin. And to the tune of 4,000 people, it worked. So that Darwin fellow really gets around. says Brown's uh, office issued a statement on Friday that did not directly address Darwin, saying the congressman, quotes, looks forward to representing the constitutional conservative principles of his constituents. Not just not those 4,000. I feel sorry for those uh, constituents. Well, you know, you kind of get what you pay for, right? I, I mean, I voted for the guy. How do I know I voted for the guy? He was running unopposed. And so you know, when I voted, when there was only one person, I bubbled in the box. I didn't know him. didn't know what he stood for. But yeah, I voted for the guy. So you get what you pay for. There, there, was, there was nobody who could run against him. Nobody who, I don't know, cared enough or could get enough interest. So he is representing his constituents. Whether that's a good thing or a bad thing remains to be seen. Uh, personally, I'm a, a fan of actually exploring and thinking and doing science right. So uh, I tend to not think that the Big Bang Theory is lies straight from the pit of hell. Uh, but he was running unopposed. So yeah, the state of Georgia got what we asked for. Well, if he's got if he's got those opinions about the Big Bang Theory and evolution, I have to wonder if he knows how to read the Constitution, if he said he's a constitutionalist. Uh, personally, I'm a big fan of the Big Bang Theory. It's one of the funniest shows on television. <laughs> <laughs> the girl on there is cute. Yes. Katie Kuoko, I think it is. Yeah. All right. That's it. That's our last story for this week. Darwin rounds us out. Dar- the Darwin Award is the last story of the week. Uh, so any other final comments or words of wisdom or sarcasm or general smart aleckery? I have a question. Please. Are, are we doing this next week? Uh, that is a good question, being that next week is Thanksgiving. Um, I don't know. Uh, I think mom just said no. <laughs> <laughs> She's going to be passed out on the couch in a combination of exhaustion and tryptophan coma, so she won't know whether I'm down here or not. Oh, okay. Um, I don't know. Since, yeah, but if you can't get anybody else to show yeah, up. There is that. So stay tuned and find out. I couldn't get anybody to show up tonight. 
<laughs> that's why I had to have the the uh, last minute brigade in. So, well, I did look in the G Spirits uh, forums. I didn't see Sean, <laughs> so I'm not sure what's going on. His that. traffic is a little low lately. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, it's a little bit low. So. And since you visited several times a day, you would know, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jim, if anybody wanted to uh, get in touch with you personally to thank you for your contributions to the show, how might they be able to do that? Facebook Jim Beeson, Twitter Jim Beeson. One of these days I'll get a website, but I ain't getting no hurry about it. And Beeson being B-E-A-S-O-N. Yes, it is. Got right the first time. Maybe you've seen it a time or two. Uh, once or twice. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Mrs. Opie doesn't have a Twitter account or much of an online presence. So send comments about her to me and be nice because she's my wife. <laughs> but you can be mean about Mark. He doesn't care about that. I, I actually revel in that. Bring it on. Let the hate <laughs> rain down. It fuels me. It fuels me. I'm a, I'm a, uh, a being of much pain and suffering. Um, and, and the place you can do that is at elementop.com. Uh, click the contact us button at the top of the page that will send an email directly to me. Uh, or you can go into the forums and click on the periodic table forum and make your, uh, thoughts and wishes and dreams and aspirations known there for the world to see. Or if you'd like to be on the show in an audible way, you could click the leave us a voicemail button at the top of the page on the, on the homepage at elementopi.com. Uh, Google voice will call you. You can leave us a message and we will play it on the air and probably ridicule you heavily because that's what we do here. And we will also ridicule you heavily if you catch your turkey on fire when boiling it next week. So just, you know, be now, forewarned. If you could get a turkey on fire boiling it, that's talent, Jim. That's impressive. Well, I boil it in, in uh, canola. Yeah, I, I think you were referring to the frying process. Yeah, well, I, well it's boiling. Yeah. You get the oil coat close to boiling. And- You're right. You're right. It's the same chemical process. I love a good fried turkey. Um, I actually, uh, my wife got me, when, when was it, three or four years ago, an oil-less turkey fryer. Have you seen those? I've seen those. How do they work? They are about 85 to 90% as good as a fried turkey. Not not as good, but real close. And you don't have five gallons of oil you've got to mess with later. So it's totally worth it. And they're a lot safer. Well, if you know what you're doing, you can be perfectly safe. I've only caught a couple of pans on fire. <laughs> yeah. And that was when I was teaching myself. So I have uh, kids running around, and I was always uncomfortable with that uh, gallons of boiling oil um and them around you know you know you can always watch and say don't go anywhere near it but you, you can never be perfectly safe this thing um is just like a little oven they would get burned but it wouldn't like scar them for yeah. life most likely so uh it's a good solution and it's a lot neater and cleaner and easier and, and tastes pretty darn good so uh there you go brought to you by charbroil <laughs> <laughs> no uh what is that uh butter butter bomb the turkey people that's, that's what's in our freezer <laughs> oh, oh we have our turkey there we go i didn't even know <laughs> i will be brining said turkey for at least two days at least one day maybe two days love a good brine t- we, we, maybe I'll, that's what i'll do next week i'll come on and i'll talk about cooking because that's what everybody <laughs> loves to hear about on this show <laughs> but for now 
I'm going to say good night, everybody. If we see you again next week, it won't be until after Thanksgiving. So I will say now, happy Thanksgiving. To those of you who live in other countries who don't celebrate Thanksgiving on the same day or don't celebrate it at all, nanny, nanny, boo, boo. We get the day off. You don't. So that's my culturally significant, uh, sensitive greeting to the the international audience. Be safe, all. And I think that's just uh, about as good a way to end the show as I could come up with. So good night, everybody. And for now, that ends this episode of The Periodic Table. Thank you.